Our reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Bethsaitha, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am making my way down, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take up your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks that as your word is read and proclaimed, that your spirit may dwell among us, that it may open our hearts and minds as we seek out the places you call us to be, as we are to be your hands and feet, and as we grow within ourselves as well. We lift up all these things to you. Amen. Well, we open up our Bibles this morning to find a rather unusual scene. We're told that there's a festival going on, but Jesus seems to make his way to a place where people aren't taking, uh, taking, partaking in the festivities. We discover that Jesus goes down to one of the healing pools, which in Hebrew you heard was called Beth. Did, Alan, did you did you am I am I doing an okay job? <laughs> in which in Hebrew is called Bethesda, where there are many invalids, outcasts, and shunned who are waiting by the side of the pool. The author doesn't tell us why they were waiting there near the waters or what was so significant about this pool, which is something we might be asking ourselves this morning. I encourage you to open your Bibles and follow along because those who were following in their Bibles might have noticed that there was a missing verse. Yes, it's true. Most Bibles skip verse 4, which was thought to be added at a later time to fill in this question of why people were gathered by this pool of water. If you're curious, the annotated verse adds the following piece of information. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well from whatever disease that person had. Those who were waiting by the side of the pool were waiting for their chance to be healed, according to the legend. I imagine that since this rippling, this stirring of water didn't happen all too frequently, I think it would be fair to say that when it did happen, people did whatever they had to do to be the first one to touch the water. I bet there were people who pushed and shoved in order to make their way there. But the people who were gathered by the side of the pool this morning, those were people who were pushed to the outside margins because there wasn't enough healing love to be found elsewhere. 
And so they almost had to compete amongst themselves to receive whatever leftovers were meant for those who were like them, people who were forced out of the community. That brings us to the man we meet this morning, this man who had been ill for 38 years waiting by the side of the water. Jesus comes to this man who doesn't have a name, by the way, and asks him, do you want to be made well? You would think that this man who was sitting by the side of the pool would have answered with a resounding yes. But that's not what happens. Instead, we find that this man has a complaint, essentially saying, yes, but I have no one to help me out, and when I try, someone cuts in front of me. You may not realize it, but you and I know what it is like to be in the place where this man had been for the past 38 years. We may not have the same ailments, as the people who had been gathered by the pool, but there are certainly things in our lives that need healing. We have wounds, we have scars, that haven't fully healed, because either someone, something, opened up those pains again, or we haven't been willing to do the work that is required to alleviate some of our innermost hurts. And to add one more thing into the mix, we all seem to wrestle over who gets to be healed first, as if it's some kind of competition. Which really makes the healing of this individual by Jesus all the more miraculous. Because if you notice, Jesus, all Jesus did was say, get up, take your mat, and go home. That's it. Jesus didn't have to bring the man down to the pool into the waters because there was so much healing love in Christ that it spills out in abundance. It spills out in abundance for all of those who require healing. Those illnesses, those things that plague our hearts don't have to compete with the hurts of others because there is no scarcity of God's love. There is no need to fight over something that is plentiful and freely available to all those who seek it. Christ comes to offer love that heals to those who aren't able to make it down to the waterside. Christ comes to offer grace in whatever mess we might find ourselves in at the moment. And I'm thankful I'm thankful that in those times where it seems like, where it feels like no one cares, that Jesus is there, reaching out a hand in solidarity. We're all in need of healing. But it asks the question of whether or not we will take the time to notice the things that need attention in ourselves and in those who are around us. Jesus takes the extra effort to meet us where we are, whether we are waiting by the side of the pool to be healed, or find that we are in the pits, not sure of where we are going to go, or whether or not we're ever going to be able to be whole again. The thing is that for us to heal and walk alongside the healing process of others, 
we need to get in touch with those vulnerable places within ourselves as well in order to travel upwards with others. When we realize that we have walked along the road that has not been smooth or traveled or easily traveled, we might begin to tone down our aggression then towards one another if we're fighting for the things that soothe our souls. Brene Brown, who's a research professor, has uh, given a lot of talks and has written a lot of literature about the power of shame and fear. Uh, Brene Brown once gave a talk about what it means to empathize with someone. She paints this picture where you imagine yourself in a position where you see someone uh, who fell into a hole and you hear them calling out saying, hey, it's dark and overwhelming down here. To visualize what it means to be empathetic, not sympathetic, means then that we climb down into the hole as well and say, hey, I know what it's like to be down here and you're not alone. There's a big difference between being empathetic and sympathetic. If we try to love sympathetically, we'll end up just painting silver linings around things that actually need attention and moments of being present. Being empathetic means that we don't always have a solution to offer, but when we love from a place that is empathetic, from a place that's vulnerable, we'll find that it's sometimes just simple enough to be with someone else in their hurt. That what it mean, that's what it means to be empathetic, to love empathetically. And I'm not sure if empathetically is a word, because my spell check said it was wrong, but I'm going to use it anyway. <laughs> but to love from a place that is vulnerable means that the person you are with, and you as well, can work through things in a way that brings about healing and growth simply by just being present with one another. It's not, like I said, about trying to find solutions, because sometimes our quest to be healed is as simple as finding someone who is willing to sit in our pain with us. In that sacred space where we connect with something that is vulnerable within ourselves, to be present with someone else, the pool that rarely rippled with healing water begins to overflow in abundance. The healing that comes from God touches us because God hurts with us. God's heart hurts with our hearts. We can find renewal and hope because Christ has walked in our shoes and came to show a new way for us to live. This bountiful love is meant for all and comes at no cost. But it does come with a set of responsibilities. Like I said, we're all in need of healing. There's no, no doubt about it. But our yearning for being healed can't be achieved if we are trying to get ahead of everyone else and leaving others behind. Hence, we are responsible to, to some degree to share it with others. You know, one of the most startling things about this reading is that the pool where Jesus went down to was right smack dab in the shadow of the temple in Jerusalem, which you could substitute perhaps with the image of a church. 
a place that was supposed to be embracing of people, had pushed them to the outside margins to seek help, to find aid somewhere else because they didn't have time to be bothered with it. It took God made flesh to set an example of what it means to be with those whom have not always been cared for in a way that is genuine, that is in line with the very nature of God. I'm going to throw out an example, and I hope that you don't take it the wrong way, but I think it was the easiest thing to point to in this conversation about healing and love. But think about a time or something similar where, for example, you might have had an opportunity to feed meals to those who are homeless. And as I said, don't assume that I'm saying these things are bad because they are very good, but try to think about how often you've served meals while also being empathetic. You don't have to answer, but I'll admit that it is hard because it means that we have to connect with something deep within ourselves. And more often than not, I know for sure that I don't always want to go to those places. But if we did so on occasions, what might happen as a result? of our sharing God's love in that sacred time and space. As we take this weekend to remember the sacrifice, the dedication of those who have served others at the cost of their own lives, we should be inspired to take up a similar mantle that has been passed on to us by Christ. A mantle that asks not what we can do only for ourselves in our own pursuit of to be healed, that asks how we can achieve those things with the help and the fellowship of others. As we make our way through the dark and cavernous valleys and up through the mountainous terrain, we will find that as we descend, we will always be led back to an ocean, not a pool, of God's healing love that is made even more richer when we partake of it together. Just remember that we can come to this pool, this place with one another. We can come to it as we are. We can come to it as sinners. We can come to it as saints, as those who are grateful and those who are doubtful of the gifts God gives. We no longer have to seek healing in the shadows, but are free to be in the light of God who embraces all of us for who we really are. We are in all in need of healing. So perhaps it's time to start. Starting by acknowledging those things within ourselves that need work. As we come together to build one another up. In both body and in spirit. And as we enjoy, as we find true peace. And the never ending streams of grace and mercy and love that flow from the throne of God. Amen.